Expected like me to say something like fucking I'm your co-host jar of vagina juice on a fucking cabinet that you left in a fucking storage container for seven months. I'm just saying if you walked into like an abandoned cabin and just saw like a jar of decaying vagina juice, would you be weirded out, freaked out, or disgusted? Um you repeat the question. <laughs> <laughs> but my freaks, geeks, and paranormal enthusiasts, it's been a sec since we've done a paranormal episode, and today we are going to do... We're going to do Reddit. In all fucking honesty, Reddit is where you go when you want, like, real shit. I mean, from drugs to booty boothing to fucking paranormal catching. In all honesty, if you wanted to be a Ghostbuster, you could learn everything you need to from fucking Reddit. But all my paranormal enthusiasts, we are going to dig into Reddit and see what Reddit has for us when it comes to the paranormal experience. Do you enjoy the paranormal, Tim? Like, do you truly enjoy the paranormal? Or does hard, it just fascinate hard, you? It's hard to say whether or not I enjoy it, but I'm fascinated by it, definitely. Like, I like I like thinking that there's something else other than what we can explain by logical means. There are these guys on YouTube that I really like watching, Ryan and Shane. Those are hands down, in my opinion, the best paranormal fucking investigators I've ever seen. Hey, it's your boys. Ghosts. Hey, spirits and demons. It's your boys. Shane fought a ghost. <laughs> no, okay, so they were in this they were in this old house in Chicago, Illinois. And this ghost was actually calling Shane out. Like from the device that they were using, you know, the device that helps like spirits connect with it and it'll like say a word well they have this device that cuts out all the static like you don't hear any static and it just lets you hear the voice vividly and it was actually like fucking telling Shane just come at me let's fight bro <laughs> and in the fucking video Shane's like I think I just fought a fucking ghost like one of them fucking ghost adventures things they hear the littlest sound they freak the fuck out Except, like, they're all listening, it gets all quiet for a second. Hey, listen, I heard something. Probably want some of your mama's sweet ass. <laughs> Dude, would you fucking lose your mind or I, what? I would, I'd probably break a ribcage laughing. But guys, all the paranormal shit that you see, like, on the TVs, you, 
you, you know, like, uh, what was that? What's that one? Zach Baggins, Paranormal Investigations. Ghost Adventures, Ghost Adventures, yeah, go, and shit like that. Yeah, every one of those are fake. Like without a doubt, they're fake. Most of the fucking shit they get is fake. There's even been cast members that have confirmed it. Uh, there are only two on TV that I honestly, truly think are real. What's weird about that though, the Ghost Adventures proven to be fake, but the dude. Uh, the Zach dude, he talks about this encounter that he had on the show. They went to this house in Gary, Indiana, and they literally bought the house and destroyed it and everything. It had, like, rituals and shit that had happened in the past, and there was, like, these relics that were left in the basement. And so, while they're recording, and there's actual medical documented proof of this happening, he had perfect eyesight going into that basement and whenever he picked up one of those fucking uh relics he uh got a what was it called a stigmatism instantly got a stigmatism and his left eye stopped working pretty much and he has to wear glasses for the rest of his life ever since that very moment what are the odds that his body just so happened to malfunction at that very moment See, I'm not saying that, like, everything is fake on it, because there's some shit that I've seen that I'm just like, alright, that honestly seems like it was legit. I I can't, like, believe in anything, but whenever you present to me, like, medical proof that this happened... That's fucked that, up. You can't deny That's it. That's fucking wild. Yeah, like, to touch something and then your eyesight is just fucking gone. Like, at one point, you were seeing motherfucker. Touch something... Boom, you're a non-seeing motherfucker, and it's not like Daredevil non-seeing, though. You get the shitty end of the deal, you're fucking blind. Like, you're walking with a stick the rest of your life. <laughs> or a dog, I mean, whatever, yeah, fucking... I would, I would like to be Daredevil blind, that'd be pretty cool. Being Daredevil blind would be pretty cool. But, Ghost Whispers, or Ghost uh, Haunted Collectors, and uh, Ryan and Shane... Those are the two most realistic, like, I actually believe the shit that they catch. There's two more people that you're not listing on that list. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, they... but there's also, con there's a lot of shit on them that a lot of their stuff was faked. But when it comes to, like, Ryan and Shane, Shane in general does not believe in ghosts. He's a skeptic the whole entire fucking time. Whereas Ryan is a believer, so it's nice to have those two actually do investigations because if you hear something, you got Shane just, yeah, it's probably a fucking window. It's nice, it's not bullshitted. And when they do catch something, you can see Shane sometimes just like, oh, yeah, no, that was weird. And at see, that point, you're like, yeah, that's fucking real. See, I feel like each one of us is like both of them and each of us because whenever we're doing this type of shit, we are real enough to understand when something is not possible. And that's why when, I like the Haunted Collector guys. When they hear, their process is, when they hear a ghost, they automatically check the room. Was it something outside? Was it just the house? Was it a window? Was it wind? Was it something falling? Like, they eliminate all the suggestions. And when it comes to the point, like, yeah, we don't fucking know what it is. Then you determine, okay, like, it is an entity. Like, if you're in a room, just know, if you're in a room, there is nothing in this world that will ever explain this away. You're in your room. You're chilling, watching TV. 
You're home alone. There's absolutely nobody there. All of a sudden, a baseball goes fucking whizzing past your head at fucking 90 miles an hour. What can you possibly say to explain that shit? At because that, it literally happens to people. At that point, you really... There's nothing to say about that. Yeah, the wind, wind came through my fucking <coughs> the window and it fucking blew a baseball through my fucking <laughs> wall. Guys, this summer we're going to start doing more investigations and live... Like, we're going to be doing the podcast while we do our investigations. We're going to start doing it on weekends. But when we do our investigations, we go in there hoping the place is haunted. In in my thoughts, I always hope the place is haunted. But I still have doubts in the back of my mind because I don't believe every spooky place you go into is haunted. Sometimes it just looks spooky. Well, that was actually the thought that I was leading up to a yeah. second ago. So whenever we're, we're doing that shit, we're real enough to where we can admit when something isn't possible. We hear a noise. We break it down in every conceivable way whether or not that was a possible thing that could have happened unless something otherworldly made it happen. But when you walk into the middle of a cemetery and absolutely every bit of outside noise stops, there is truly nothing to explain that. And that is a real thing that happened to us. Believe it or not, it happened. That I can't explain. I would call us skeptical realism. I, I know the paranormal is out there. Do I believe that Ouija boards work every single time? No. There is countless times we've tried Ouija boards, and I'll tell you guys right now, it has never worked a single time we've ever tried a Ouija board. Yet, we do other things, and we get other results. Not only have we never had anything really happen on a Ouija board, but we went out of our way to break every single rule on a Ouija board. We did it by ourselves in different rooms, did it with candles, we asked when we're going to die, we left the Ouija board just in the room with a planchette on it, we did it in a graveyard, we burned a Ouija board, we cut one in half, and then we asked, we asked all kinds of questions you're not supposed to ask. But here's what I think. The results that we got were the simple things. Taking pictures. We have a ghost that was right behind Tim. We have two, actually, that were right behind him. We have done, just like most of the ghost hunters, where they have a device that lets the spirits talk to you, and it produces words as much as it can. We've tried that, and we've gotten some freaky fucking shit. And we've also gotten follow-up questions, which is what really sealed the deal. Or some... And our video recording that we got. Or some other solidified proof. Like, I legitimately think that his house may be haunted. I'm not totally sure. It may be haunted. But the other night when I was over here, all of his animals, it was really spooky, and I even brought it up to him. All of his animals at the same time, cats, dogs, all of them, they all looked at the same exact spot on the wall, and it looked like they were all following the same thing that I could not see. All of them were moving their heads to something in unison. How do you explain that shit? (laughs) <laughs> you can't. We need to do something. So there's a thing that Zach or not uh, Shane and Ryan do. They'll go to this place and they'll like stay the night. Or another thing that they'll do that I really want to do: one person will go into the house and investigate, come out, and then another person will go in there and do their investigation. But before they do that, they both go in there at the same time. So you get three different experiences. 
and we've done that a lot actually whenever we go we to have done that like there was the time the freakiest time where you were inside and i was outside the house you were doing your stuff in there and there was literally someone that said my name and yet we, we both... look we look at your video you don't say shit we look at my video and you can hear my name being called that i think that tactic works because I think it separates you from the other person, so you're a little less uncomfortable. You're you're more uncomfortable. Whereas when you're it, with someone, you're more comfortable. I'll tell you what: being in a place and knowing that you have somebody outside feels a lot different than being in a place where you're isolated. It, I'm not sure if you've ever went to an abandoned place like that's kind of creepy by yourself. I'm not about doing anything like that. But like at a it, certain point it's just too ridiculous. It feels like a horror movie when you're doing it like that. And I like, watch these videos sometime on YouTube of the guys doing it alone. And I don't understand like what if something were to happen? There's nobody to back you up. There's but here's, like, you're just there. Here's alone. the thing. You could go out there like fucking Rambo and be stocked up on all kinds of fucking ammunition, fucking going in there like Deadpool. It doesn't you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. <laughs> now, say you're by yourself and there's two homeless guys or two fucking people in the house, and maybe you're a badass and you take them out. The two situations are different. I don't even really feel comfortable with people with me because what is my partner going to do? We go in there, what? He's not going to fuck them up. But it's still the fact that I, as much as I like doing paranormal investigating, I don't want to do it alone. There's no point doing it alone. Why? Why put yourself in that extra situation? (laughs) (laughs) But if you were there and we did the tactic on you going in alone, coming out, and then I going in alone, and shit like that, that is something I want to do because they get results. And I know it's just something I like to do. I, I think it'd be pretty cool. So, whenever it comes to, like, paranormal stuff, we've talked about all kinds of different stuff. Whether it be staircases and woods, whether it be hauntings, whether it be glitch-type phenomenons. But, guys, we, we have some stories that we've brought up on Reddit, and we're going to exchange some uh, stories... We're going to see who can come up with the crazier story. <laughs> Guys, I'm sure you've lost something, looked everywhere, and looked a second time and then found that. And you know you've looked in that spot, and it wasn't there when you looked the first time. But you looked the second time, and it's there. Would you consider that paranormal or a glitch in the reality? See, I was actually about to ask pretty much the same question. Like... Have you ever put a lighter down right next to you on a couch or something? Say you're smoking, watching TV. You haven't moved. You haven't gotten up. You haven't done shit. You know you haven't because you've been staring at the TV. You put your lighter next to you and you start watching TV about 10 minutes later. You go to fucking hit and get your lighter and look and cracks of the couch. She's like, what the fuck? You look underneath the couch. Just, no, I didn't drop it. You look underneath the stool next to you. Just... Well, it's not there. It's not on the couch cushion or anything. Lo and behold, boom, it's right there on the table. But you already looked there. And you know you did. But how did it get there in the first place? <laughs> it's weird shit. I don't know if it's like shit glitching out. Or if it's just a paranormal dude fucking with you. Do you consider but... glitches and paranormal stuff one and the same? No, I think they're two separate things. 
Absolutely, I think they're two separate things. I think a glitch is totally different than an entity doing something. But do you think a glitch could be related to something paranormal? That might be, but I still think they're two separate things, but they might be able to run in the same path. Kind of like the same category? Yeah. But I do think a glitch is just a simulation that we're in. Fucking up. But guys, with shit disappearing, pisses you off frustrates the fuck out of you probably makes you want to punch your grandma <laughs> and you don't you honestly don't know like is it the ghost making you want to uppercut granny or is it a glitch making you want to get rid of the old side hook guys stir 95 had a problem okay so this has been driving me completely wild for over a year now i constantly place an item in a specific spot and then turn my back or leave the room, and when I go to get it, not even a minute later, it's not in that spot. So I just start doing this weird thing saying, please, let me find my remote. If I can't find it after a few tries, well, guess what, ladies and gents, I'm going crazy because son of a gun, I'll find it instantly in a spot I just looked in. That was the exact same thing we were talking about. Like... You know you put something down because that's the spot you always fucking put it. Why would you put it anywhere else? You leave the room, you come back, where the fuck is it? And why is it always fucking remotes? Controllers, lighters. Are these ghosts addicted? Some crazy shit. It's like because you're not paying attention to these items for that split second, they phase out of reality. And then as soon as you realize that, oh, I need my lighter, it's like they phase back into reality. Maybe. You know, while we're on this subject, the bathrooms. Like, maybe the bathrooms is like real. Or something that's similar to that is real. Where, right here, we have this reality that we're living in. But, you know, that theory that every... So there has to be two sides of everything, pretty much. A yin and yang. Yeah. A push and pull. So what if we are in a positive plane, and there's a negative plane? Sometimes, a little bit of the negative leaks over into the positive, or a little bit of the positive leaks into the negative, and then... We drop something that's positive in our life we're not paying attention to, and a little bit of that negative slips in the positive, and then boom, it phases into the, ne- the negative. But then the balance has to come back, so... Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it could literally be a million different reasons why that shit happens. And scientifically, people will tell you it's just because it fell, or you subconsciously did it. And then you'll have people who think logically, in my opinion, and they give it more of an out-of-the-world thought while trying to keep it scientific as well. I feel like you have to look at the paranormal in life with a logical mind. The world is so diverse, so crazy, and so fucking unwelcoming and welcoming at the same time that you can't just look at it with a straight line. I don't think science solves everything. There's some weird shit out there. But what would you do... If there was just a random man standing in your kitchen. You didn't know if it was a real person. You didn't know if it was a paranormal person. Just a man standing there. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't lunge at you. He just stares at you. 
I've experienced something similar to that, but not like that. What you're explaining is kind of like the horror movie uh, Babadook, where that chick's in her fucking bed. Remember that movie that I showed you? Yeah. Chick's in her bed. She looks up, and that creepy motherfucker is just standing there, fucking wide-eyed, staring at her with a nasty-ass have smile. I would have an absolute heart attack. I would die right there on the spot. So, I had an experience similar to that, but not exactly like that. So, in a dream one time, I was in a dark room, and I used to have a black light, and I forgot to fucking turn it off one night while I was sleeping. And there was something that kind of looked like Grimace from the McDonald's commercial, mm-hmm. the fucking purple dude. Yeah. But it wasn't exactly like him. It had, like, the Babadook face to it. Like, the scary-ass, giant fucking eyes and a toothy smile. But all I could see was my black light, and not, like, my walls or anything, and just the outline of that thing, its eyes and its fucking mouth. I remember waking up, and I sweat. It was like my body, my mind was still kind of dreaming. I saw like the outline of it sitting in the exact same spot that I saw it in my dream. Just like, man, shit like that fucking creeps me out, dude. Even though I know it's not real, it feels so real, man. (laughs) Well, just like Tim, there was another guy that had that experience. Lives to Tell had the same experience almost. Not exactly like that, but a man standing in his kitchen. A man in my kitchen. It happened three years ago, and I still can't figure out what happened. Why and who that person could have been. I live in an apartment with my parents, and around that time, I was still underage. However, I always loved a few sips of wine, which was absolutely fine with my dad, but my mom wouldn't complain about it sometimes. It was late at night, around 1am, when I decided to leave my room to get myself a glass of wine in the kitchen. I got the glass and leaned my lower back against the bench, with my phone in hand while I was drinking. From the place I was at, I could see half of my living room. There was a wall that separates the kitchen from the other rooms, which used to have the dining table and some chairs right next to it. As I was drinking, I saw a short figure, around... 1.60 millimeters. I don't actually know what that is, just 1.60 M. Oh, that's 1.6 meters. So, uh. So that is like two and a. That's like. It's like two feet. Two feet? Two feet, something like that. So, guys, so I saw a short figure around 1.60. Meters. Meters. (laughs) Crossing the door that gave me the view to the living room. For a second, I thought it was my dad, since it was a man in pajamas. So I I had this really silly smile on my face, because he would have caught me drinking. When I turned around, there was simply no one in there. I was, and I'm extremely disturbed about this, because it was totally unexpected. I've been a spiritist since I was a baby, but I've never really seen any ghosts at all, so I was really scared, and ever since then, I never left my room after 12 a.m. So whether it's a small thing or a big thing, I think we can all agree that that's fucking mildly terrifying. Yeah, like, to see something that shouldn't be there. Yeah. 
See, but what do you do when it walks towards you? I don't know that that. Out of all the ones that know what I would actually do in that situation. Out of all the horror movies I watch, out of all the fucking scary videos I see, you always see people run. But I always think to myself, what is the point of actually running? What is running going to do? It's going to catch you. If it was able to appear in your fucking house, you don't think that it can outrun a human? I mean, I, I truly think that I would try to kill myself. I would want to kill myself on my own terms so it doesn't brutally torture me. Do you, while we're on like this paranormal subject, do you think you could beat the ring? I don't know. I mean, you have superhuman strength. You have sort of like demonic abilities. I mean, I guess you could outthink it, maybe. But I don't know if you can truly beat the ring. That's what I'm saying. In most of the movies, whenever you see the ring, like they watch a video, so they get it, they get a phone call and it gives them a week. Say you're in a world where this is like a thing, apparently. You are expecting this shit to happen. Take it seriously. Say you're one of them people, like you get that call and you're just like, okay, this is happening. So you prepare for it. Fucking make sure there's no electronics within miles of you. Nothing that even resembles a fucking TV. And if you just so happen to get caught in an area where there is a TV or something, push that motherfucker up against a window or something like that and like fucking wedge it between like a cabinet or something like that. Well, I was thinking but about. I, I never see people in the movies do anything like that. Well, I was thinking about something like that. I guess you could go to like an underground bunker, have like an arsenal of fucking weapons and shit, maybe that you steal, because you may die. So who cares? Fucking steal some weapons, or you figure something out like that. But it never truly says, "Can she travel to you?" I'm beating this bitch, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting water on the flow. Now, I think if it was, like, scary movie, I'd beat the fuck out of that bitch. Oh, I'd fucking dude, crinkle her. It wouldn't stand a fucking chance. I wouldn't need I would, her mouth. I would absolutely demolish that fucking little crazy uh, bitch. You go flip her right back into that fucking well where she came from. <laughs> but in the reality of her having demonic abilities, possibly, I think she might have the upper hand. So when I was a little kid, that shit used to terrify me to think about. Like, what if that just happens one day? Like, no, I didn't watch any video to make it happen. Like, what if I'm home alone and all of a sudden, boom, that little ring pops up on the TV? What would I fucking do? I tell you exactly what I would have done back in those days. I would have kicked my door off the fucking hinges and ran until my little legs couldn't run anymore. And then I would fucking pass out from exhaustion. I'd wake up in the woods. Three days later, I have a campsite. I have... <laughs> I've built me a series of breathing apparatus out of kelp. <laughs> I'm able to swim with the fishes. She doesn't know where I am. I'm among nature now. All of a sudden, you see this bitch just fucking mermaiding it. Just, <laughs> just fucking through them. <laughs> I can swim, motherfucker. Michael Phelps, they got shit on me, motherfucker. I did not expect that shit. I'll tell you that right now. You see her doing ninja flips and shit. <laughs> just, oh, uh, she's that. Uh, I've learned Kung Fu in my millions of years being alive. Millions. <laughs> I didn't realize you were that old. What? I thought you were a little girl. I mean, guys, 
It's about that time. Ooh, weed of the week. My All right, let's do, let's do some meth. <laughs> so, what we're going to do is every time Tim takes a hit of the bong, I'm going to punch him in the fucking forehead. All right, ready? All right. <laughs> but guys, what we were smoking on, get in your time machine and go back in time. Because guys, this is weed. some original OG brick of fucking skunk. Got it from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it had a bug in it. Where <laughs> we got it. Five dollars a brick. Had a dung beetle right in the middle of fucking brick. Smoked the dung beetle, heard it was good. Yeah, we had to saw off this chunk of bowl. Yeah, it was terrible. Don't smoke dung beetles. I went to the ER. <laughs> I got this from a dude in, in a penitentiary. I really did, dude. I smoked, a, I smoked a dung beetle once and got dung beetle poisoning. Did you really do that? Yeah, you, you have to go to the ER for that shit, dude. Uh, they, give you a shot your, they give you a shot in your stomach. Huh. Super rough. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. But I'll tell you what, guys, we got some Afghan Kush right here, and we're going to smoke it while we talk about... (sighs) We had a couple things to talk about. This UFC fight that just happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, any UFC fans, uh, let us know who you thought won. We personally thought that Alexander Volkanovsky won against Islam Makachev. I think that... Volkanovski kind of got robbed, sort of, but honestly, could have swung either way with the fight because Islam did hold him down for a long time. Judges look at that shit, but man, Alexander Volkanovski, he was working him. But but the thing is, as much as Islam kept getting him down, he could not hold him there. Okay, he held him a few times, but he could not get that submission in there. Dude, when he was holding him down, he had him uh, in a back mount. He had him in a triangle, pretty much, where he was on his back and laying on the ground next to the cage. But Volkanovski, he hit him with, like, fucking 60 punches while he was trying to fucking get a submission on him. The ending of that fight, the last fucking, like, 30 seconds of that fight, fucking Alexander got on top of him and worked that rib cage and face. If it would have lasted another 15 to 30 seconds, it would have been a knockout. He landed some, he landed good hits in there, he could not get submitted, he fucking got Islam down on the ground, I truly think he should have won. It was a close fight, and it was a good fucking fight, but I think... I think he was robbed of it. I think Alexander should have won. Though also, I think that Volkanovski would have beat Charles Oliveira. Because Islam made pretty light work of Charles Oliveira. But Volkanovski gave him a run for his money. No, he struggled hard. He struggled. And they both cut each other, so I don't think there should be anything on that. They both cut each other. Are you looking forward to that John Jones fight? I am absolutely looking for my man to come back. John Jones is gonna come back and kill. John Jones is fucking huge He's being right now. Trained by Michael Jai White, and we have never said this on a podcast, but Michael Jai White, he is hands down to this generation the best fighter in the world. 
Dude, we could do a whole podcast episode on Michael Jai White. And, and eventually we Literally. and eventually we will we'll, we'll do a martial arts podcast because I mean we'll do it right before the John Jones fight. We'll, but, we'll talk about martial arts and a bunch of shit. But John Jones, who's already a dangerous, dangerous fucking man, he's already established that at this point. Gain he takes the time to gain the weight naturally for heavyweight. Three years. Took him three years to gain that weight. So he gains it naturally, and he looks good now. And he looks quick. He's too. being trained by Henry Cejudo, uh, Cejudo, who is a gold Olympic wrestler, and he's also being striking coached by Michael Jai White, who literally has perfect technique. He, hands down, he has some of the most perfect punches I've ever seen. And it's his a, kicks are fucking beautiful. And you know, if he's teaching him striking, he's going to teach him some... He, the thing is, he may that may be like a striking coach or a striking partner at the moment. You got to understand, Michael Jai White is going to be not only teaching him punches, he's going to be teaching him everything from ground to stand-up to fucking kicks, punches, counters. He's going to be giving him the whole works. So... What pisses me off about some people is they say that Michael Jai White isn't a legit martial artist because he does movies and shit. But it is well established in the MMA community that he is the one guy that you don't fuck with. Everyone, like pretty much all the UFC fighters, it's well established. Michael Jai White. He's fucking legit, that dude. dude he, he would fucking murder people if he went he to the UFC. When he throws a strike... He does not telegraph that strike. It comes and he at throws you. Throws it with perfection. It comes at you in the most unexpected way, and it doesn't just come fast. It comes with power. Behind every punch is just a devastating blow. Not only does he have power, stamina, speed, strength, like just raw aggression and strength, he has perfect technique on top and he's of smart. it, and he is very versatile. He will not only hit you with an elbow punch, Superman punch, fucking spinning back, head kick, fucking combo to a fucking jumping back kick to your body. He will not only do all that, but he will look fancy while doing it, while laughing in your face because there's nothing you can do about Just it. Just what sweat was being broken? Is this guy even a competition? I just broke I tr- every rib he had. I truly <laughs> think if he were to get into UFC, he would be the most dangerous UFC fighter ever walking that octagon. Not enough people talk about the fact that he literally kicks bags off chains. It's not just that. The fact that he can kick a bag. He can kick a hole and into a bag. just split. He can punch a hole in paper. Have you ever... I know you have because we watched that fucking... We watched Never Back Down and literally tried it. Punching a hole into paper is not fucking easy. I'll tell you that. And I have punched thousands and thousands of times. I cannot punch a hole through paper. I can't fucking do it. You can fucking try to just demolish that paper. Yeah, no, no. We're talking paper hung from a string. You punch it and your knuckle makes a hole in the fucking paper and michael j white can literally do that on command every time because he's perfected it to that point besides all that john jones himself is just a strategically critical fighter he is a monster of a fighter he he when he goes in there he can break through your guard in the weirdest ways 
like your guard might be strong like when you're up there and everything like you have a strong fucking guard you know you can fucking counter the thing with john jones though he can throw an elbow and literally just break through your fucking guard it, it doesn't matter he knows how to get in there he knows how to use his shit even on the ground he's good now i'm gonna say his last couple fights were kind of I'm they not weren't. Gonna say they, they weren't they were, the best. I'm not gonna say they were bad. They weren't his best performances, but he still won, but and they were still good. He still proves time and time again that he can face adversity, even when he's not dominating people. It doesn't matter if he's not dominating somebody because he can't be dominated by that person. Also, what he does is he'll be out of the game because he did something stupid. He'll come back in. He'll face a dude that is on a fucking tear. And he'll level him. He just fucking level. He shows the world he is John fucking Jones. So I have... There's like four people, in my opinion, in the... But guys, before we head on any more to the USC, which we're probably going to end this podcast talking about the USC, because guys, we are beyond excited to see John Jones come back. We've been waiting a long time to see him, and right now, that man is peak performance to a human being. But guys, before we hit on to that, some Afghan Kush, since we are on a little bit of Weed of the Week, we do want to talk about it a little bit. It is 15% THC, 1% CBD. Uh, a lot of these weeds don't have a lot of CBD, and if they do, it's just mainly literally medical purposes. But Afghan Kush roots trace back to the Hindu Kush mountain range near the Afghanistan Afghanistan. Pakistan borders. It has been preferred over centuries, making it the ultimate source for hash, such as charas and the sticky black Afghan hash. White Label Seed Company, a Sensai seed partner from the Neverlands. And guys, when you're talking about weed and it starts talking about the Neverlands, that is when you start getting into your really good fucking weed, because though... The Neverlands and the places like that, you know, they've had a lot longer than the U.S. to research it, to study it, to combine each strand. You know, when you go to the coffee shops and fucking like, uh, uh, where am I thinking of? The Netherlands, uh, Amsterdam. When you go to Amsterdam, they warn you there, don't eat all of these cookies. Don't eat this whole entire space cake because you're going to be leaving a different person. I want to go to Amsterdam so bad and try their weed. Guys, I'm going to say this right now. We have talked a lot about like our most favorite places to smoke, our most memorable places. I want to hands down stamp the one place I want to smoke the most. And I'll even throw a purse, two people in there I want to smoke with. Before I die... On my bucket list is to go to Amsterdam and smoke with you and Willie fucking Nelson. I want to go to a coffee shop. I want to get a space cake. I want to get a coffee-infused weed, and I want to get a joint, and I want to sit outside, eat that space cake, drink that coffee, and smoke that joint. That is my bucket list dream to the fucking top thing that I want to do before I die. Just wanted to throw that in there. That's it. Afghan Kush, guys, one of the best weeds you can get. I want to smoke weed in space. I do want to smoke weed in space. Space station, go up there and say, hey, guys, you want to fucking party? 
Tell me it wouldn't be awesome to be on the space station looking down upon Earth while smoking a fucking joint. That would be awesome, dude. That right there is my dream. Or, like, if we're being real about it, going to the Himalayan mountains. The Himalayan mountains would be good, I think, because you would be high up there in the altitude. You would have the scenery. But when I think of places scenery-wise, I don't think you could get much better than Amsterdam. Because in Amsterdam, you have a lot of different views. And you have some of the greatest weed you can get. And then you can go a little further to maybe New Zealand. New Zealand would be fucking beautiful to smoke in. I would never want to go to New Zealand personally. Because their spiders are the size of fucking dinner plates. Okay, well their atmosphere will kill you. But while you're dying it's beautiful and you can smoke some (laughs) A-grade weed. Where I want to go, if we're talking about places like that, I want to go where Swazi Gold naturally grows. There, um, Swaziland. It literally whole entire no, mountains of fucking. No, you wouldn't want to go there. Wh- why? I mean, it's a good place to like go and get weed, but if you've ever actually watched the documentaries, it's not really that good of a place. No, but he did okay. It wasn't like horrible. It was ran down. They didn't have a well, whole lot. It was a poor place. But I mean, the main reason that he got treated well though was because he had that camera crew. I mean, that's true, but, you know, I can fit in with a lot of people. And I truly think, like, me and you go in there, like, we would be able to fit in. I mean, we're enthusiastic about everything, we're sympathetic about a lot of things. Oh, yeah, and you're not allowed to smoke weed there. True, it is illegal, but they still get away with it. I mean, it's not like they don't do it, it's just, like, places in the U.S. and And I'm not supporting illegal stuff, I'm just saying, like, you only live once. And ever since I watched that, I could not imagine just looking out and seeing some of... It's not the best weed in the world, but Swazi Gold is the best natural growing weed. You know, actually, now that we're talking about, like, bucket list things, I'd have to say one of the top things on my bucket list, if not the top, is to get one of them paramotor things with, like, the fucking parachute and, like, the big fan on your back and shit. Yeah. Get one of those, and then go where the Great Pyramids are. And gas mask it. Dude, fucking smoke some fucking weed while fucking cruising over the fucking pyramids, the dude. F- oh my god. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be otherworldly. But who is the one person in the world that you'd want to smoke with? Like... Like a bucket list? like Yeah, let's throw out like Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, and all of them. Like, is there anyone that you can think of that, like, if you were just sitting there on a mountain looking out and they pop beside you? Like, Eddie Van Halen, fucking, uh, what is that great fucking samurai? Uh, even all Bruce all Lee people, fuck. my Uncle Billy Ray, hands down. Okay, n- nothing like <laughs> that, no family member, like... <laughs> Eddie Van Halen popping up beside you, Slash popping up beside you, you know, someone, something in that range, but not like a typical fucking, uh, everyone wants to smoke with Willie Nelson. Who doesn't want to fucking smoke with Willie Nelson? Buddha. Buddha? Buddha. Fucking nice, big, peaceful, fat guy all of a sudden... Hey man, let me hit that joint. Yes, I have 
I have found enlightenment and I have came to this mountain <laughs> to smoke this joint with you. This small man fucking pass that shit and fucking quit babysitting that shit. You quit fucking talking and just pass that. I want to feel that too, bud. Oh, you're sober. Lauren Buddha, your fucking <laughs> tummy's in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... Man, when it comes to that, there's so many different fucking options. Because... Uh, Minot, Min, what's his name? Great Samurai. Uh, yeah, Miyamoto Musashi. Wouldn't that be cool? To be smoking with him? I don't know, this dude's a pretty dangerous fucking dude. I don't know if I want to be anywhere yeah, around but he, him. Yeah, but he's chill with you. You guys are just smoke buddies. He's just tired of fucking if, murder, and he's just like, I'm just going to chill and smoke real if quick. I'm at like that point in his life where he's just like, I'm done with killing, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be awesome. Uh, Even though you wouldn't be able to understand shit that he's saying. <laughs> I mean, like, when you smoke the weed, you can obviously instantly understand what he's saying. Oh, supernatural yeah, weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <smoking. laughs> Dude, that just changed the dynamic. He's going to tell you a great tale. It's going to be amazing. Because the reason I would want to smoke with him, could, could you imagine his stories? Like, it would just be cool. If you could smoke with any cartoon character, who would it be? Either the Grim Reaper from Billy and Mandy. Solid choice. <laughs> Krillin. Because I feel like he'd be funny high. Um, fuck, dude, that's a good one. See how Sonic performs when he's high? Dude, is that technically a cartoon, though? Alright, fine. Let's get fucking Patrick high. Get <laughs> <laughs> that dumb motherfucker stoned. Dude, I would love to get Spongebob ripped, dude. That'd be fucking awesome. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Dude, Sandy. Fucking hotbox that fucking helmet of hers. <laughs> Patrick just, you got this, Sandy. Just, yeah, this ain't good. I have no oxygen. I'm in the fucking bottom of the sea. I'm a squirrel. Fucking Squidward in the background smoking out of his fucking clarinet. <laughs> Dude, this, this needs to be a fucking thing. <laughs> Mr. Krabs just fucking like got a pipe made out of money, sitting in his office just <laughs> <laughs> a fucking just a gold tooth just showing for no reason. <laughs> but if, if I had to choose a single cartoon character though. Any single, any single cartoon character, children, but Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny would be an interesting fucking choice too. Or no, no, no. Peter Griffin or Stewie Griffin. Those are my two. Probably Peter. Peter Griffin is who I'd be smoking with. Peter Griffin is so... He's like at that level of dangerous <laughs> to be around him. Started smoking bottles and sudden fucking just bought a plane and he's fighting a chicken on top of it while trying to puff down the joint. <laughs> just how did I get here? Just Dude, the, picked the wrong motherfucker. The only thing I think about is that... Hey, Chris. Uh, you want to try some meth here? I'll get us started. 
I, I, I can fill everything. <laughs> then he literally jumps through the fucking roof. <laughs> yeah, like, that's terrifying. If I saw that in real life, like, a big fat dude hit some meth and then literally jump through the fucking ceiling. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Peter Griffin. But yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, that sounds like we need to cut our podcast done. Hmm. Yep, all right, guys, it was good talking to you. Let us know what you guys think of the upcoming John Jones fight. I'm your host, JC. I'm your co-host, Tim. And this is The Glitches from Our Sick Minds of Yours. Maybe getting a bar fight. <laughs>